all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, head up our Patreon. Like Jordan in 95, we are back and better than ever. And this is Ben's flu game. Yeah, feel a little under the weather. Um, but we had to do it for you guys. So, uh, welcome to the first show in 2019. Hopefully you had a good New Year, New Year's Eve. Um, we'll get into it later, but the uh, as to the reasons why. But so far, the Kings are winless in the calendar year. But we have uh, some very winnable games, uh, home games, coming up this week. And I mean, if this last week's stretch of games has taught us anything... We will be competing in every game, no matter the opponent. So, let's uh, look back, all the way back, to the first game after our latest episode. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, we didn't uh, release episodes the last two weeks because someone forgot the microphone up here in Vancouver. We're back in the studio, um, so this week's show is going to be a little different. Uh, We're not going to do the classic uh, in-depth breakdown of the previous week's games we're going to do a little quick hit breakdown of the previous two weeks games so how we're going to do that is uh we're going to do a little five word um mad lib style breakdown um of 10 games starting with the minnesota timberwolves this was a loss this was a blowout loss so the five uh five word little thing pure blowout Lots of rest. And this was December 17th. Um, up next was Oklahoma City, December ni- 19th? 19th. 19th. We a were, game we both attended. We did attend. We uh, Ben snuck down to the bottom bowl, as you do. Uh, and our five words, King's wings were out. Uh, Paul George, 43. Yeah, this was uh, a little coming out party. Um for PG-13, dropping 43 points. Um, really looked good, and it was it, it was interesting. In the stadium, as a pretty quiet 43, um, up until the fourth quarter when they started feeding him. But, yeah, it was a fun game to be at, good yeah. atmosphere. It was the uh, first regular season game uh, either of us were at, and, you know. For me, probably the last. Won't be back in, t- in time to be at another one. Yeah. But when we make the playoffs, you know, we're, we're going to fly back in April. So, M- Memphis. This was uh, Friday, December 21st. We got back on the uh, winning side of things. So, the little uh, excerpt for this one. Buddy Love. Fourth quarter comeback. Um, this was kind of the start, in my mind, of the whole uh, Cardiac Kings movement. We'll get into that a little later. But... Memphis, Buddy Love, fourth quarter comeback. After that was before Christmas, our last game before Christmas, December 23rd against the Pelicans. Uh, Our little tag was Buddy Love again, Cardiac Kings. 
uh, another game that came down to the wire. Buddy Heald led the way. Really a good winter period for him. Um, kind of a coming out as a future leader of this team and really a leader now. Um, yeah, so let's move on. Now on to uh, the L.A. Clippers' first game after Christ's birth. Um, this was a five-little excerpt. Damn it. Comeback falls short. So we couldn't have uh, the Cardiac Kings win three in a row in stunning fashion. This one, we'll talk a little bit about it because it was just so interesting. We were down, I think, 23 points. 25 at one point. 25 at one point. But this comeback, I was just watching these highlights, was the, a 23-point comeback when it was all the bench unit. Mm-hmm. And the man we love to hate, Ben McLemore, mm-hmm. played really well and earned some minutes going forward. Yeah. And since, in my mind, lost that opportunity because he hasn't really played well since then. But this was just... It was fun to see Scal doing doing work out there. Really never gets to play. Some, some real deep bench guys. Yeah. Um, still without uh, the rookie Marvin Bagley for this one um, with the knee. So it would have been fun to see you know what he could do out there. It was also kind of one of the games I think Giles suited for, played a bit, but sparked him to have a bunch of good performances later in the, the month and after the turn of the year. Um, okay, so then now we will move on. So after this Clippers game, we saw the Lakers at home. Uh, there was another comeback with the bogey buzzer beater. Yeah, this was the crown jewel of the holiday season. This was a game I was at. I was wearing the bogey jersey. Um, there was two people in front of me with Brandon Ingram jerseys. And one of them was bald, so I took a nice Snapchat. Said Lonzo bald. That's a good that one. was pretty funny. Um, took a picture of a trash can at Golden One Center. Uh, caption: uh, uh, Lonzo ball in the flesh. Um, he was one what rebound short of a triple double, but you know, he still took that L. He's still he's still the heiress to Michael Jordan's throne. You know, first you got Air Jordan, now you got Air Ball. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's move on to the Lakers game in L.A. Yeah, this one, um, this was, uh, the start of a trend that we don't want to see continue. This was, a kind of a complete meltdown. Um, two points, last five minutes. It basically says it all. It looked the same as the Warriors game before Christmas. If you remember, we were going into the last, about two minutes out of, what, ten point lead. Yeah, this was uh, the December 14th game. It's actually my father's birthday. Shout out to Papa John. Um, yeah, so that was, it was three minutes, nine seconds left. And yeah, we were up double digits and blew that lead. Similar story with the Lakers game here. Um, nothing more I want to say about that. Very frustrating. Um, on to Portland. So Portland, you know, if, if you watch the game, this will really sum it up. Huge letdown. Dame forces overtime. Yeah, so this one was, uh, again, we were up nine points, and we just couldn't get it done on the offensive end, and we couldn't get enough stops when we needed to on the defensive end. Obviously, like we said, Dame forces OT, and we have one uh, one field goal in all of overtime for, you know, with a couple free throws, total of five points. 
Um, so that's just not going to get it done. This is our not first overtime game of the year. Uh, Portland was two and one um, in overtime previously before this game. They moved to three and one, and we moved to zero and one in overtime. Um, that you know kind of makes sense because the trend is either the Kings win a close game or we get blown out. So yeah. not really the recipe for OT. No, and then even even when we are looking like it's gonna head to OT, you get something like uh, De'Aaron Fox put back slam, or something from the Clutch Kings. So or something from the Cardiac Kings, where yeah. you know it's uh, it all falls apart. Correct. Um, on to Denver, the leader in the Western Conference, um, playing really well uh, under head coach, former Kings head coach. Current Denver head coach Michael Malone. Uh, still no timetable for Isaiah Thomas's return, and it doesn't really look like they need the self-proclaimed king in the fourth. Um, so for Denver, double-digit lead slips away, or the alternative, halftime leads don't mean much. Um, basically, we're up 13 at half, and that in the NBA is you know next to nothing. Um, we ended up losing this one again, playing poorly in the final five minutes. This is something I thought, you know, we had grown out of. Um, but yeah, we'll see this again in the Golden State game. There was a lot of highs, a lot of, a lot of lows as well. Um, for the five, uh, word little segment record breaker. I hate Steph. Um, so, there was a combined 41 threes made in uh, this one, which is an NBA record. A huge game from both, uh, on our end, from both Buddy Heald and Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think Steph, you know, is... Steph shot 20 threes, yeah. made 10, which is still incredible. But got did get called with that hardened step back, yeah. double step back as a travel. Um, Dude's trash, so... Yeah, so is James Harden. That's what I was talking about. Okay. James Harden's trash. Yeah, so. he's worse. Might be my least favorite player in the league, aside from teammate Chris Paul. Mm. So, yeah, hot take. That's up there. So, I don't know. Although, I was watching uh, a little tangent, but, you know, it's all in the realm of Balancesto. That's basketball for all you uh, people watching from uh, south of the border. South of the border. <laughs> south of the south border. <laughs> south of the south border. Um, yeah, so watching the... Uh, Houston game against Golden State last week was, you know, other, you know, like the Western Conference final last year, probably the only time I ever root for James Harden. And, you know, he got it done hitting the three. The only time James Harden, you know, hits a three and doesn't get the foul call is the only time he actually gets fouled. Mm-hmm. So he gets it on every other one, though, and it's so frustrating. And don't even get me started on, the, you know, the Kevin Durant batted ball out of bounds. Yeah, that was bad. That was. Pr- that was the worst call, and the ref was standing right there. So. I think th- I'm gonna say that that was the worst call I've, that the NBA has ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Just it wasn't like a series of bad calls that influenced the game. It was literally one call that could have decided the game, and luckily, trash ass James Harden came to the rescue. But so back to back to comparing that Warriors Rockets game to the Kings uh, Warriors game. In that game, James Harden had, what, 27 free throws or something? Correct. If you looked at the, the Kings-Warriors game, combined, Buddy no, Heald... The 27 free throws was a previous Rockets game. Anyway, 
But if you look at combined, Steph Curry, Buddy Heald shot a combined four free throws, and they put up like a combined 60 points or something. So it, it shows a difference in play styles. It's it shows, basketball the way it ought to be played. Exactly. It's fun to watch. Except not, if you're old and don't like the three-pointer. And, and really like free throws, which you just leave, yeah. please. Old white people with the Y. Exactly. So, yeah, as we leave um, these uh, past ten games... Uh, in the past, the Kings are, uh, you know, on a little losing stint. We've uh, lost 7-10. to so And we have fallen under five hundred for the first time in about a month, month and a half. Yeah, so I think this is something, obviously, that can be... Uh, this is a uh, illness that can be... Uh, remedied. Remedied. Per- great word. I was going to say, or a problem that can be reconciled. Yeah, exactly. Um, with, you know... The, the schedule, the upcoming schedule. And so that is a perfect segue into this week's games. We are playing four teams that are under 500. Three of those are in the god-awful Eastern Conference. And the fourth is the Phoenix Suns, who might be the worst team in the league that don't have Patty McCall on them yet, currently. First up tonight, if you're listening when the thing's recorded on Monday... Uh, is Orlando. This is at home at the Golden One Center. Uh, the Magic coming in at 17 and 22. Uh, the little pr- uh, preview we have uh, set up for you is stellar second years. So obviously you got all the big ballers on the Kings, um, but we're gonna say Jonathan Isaac versus De'Aaron Fox. Um, not positionally necessarily, but. Um, or, you know, style of play or anything else. But stellar second years nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Isaac's kind of one of those underrated guys in the league. He's the definition of wingspan. Just a guy that's super lanky and can play anywhere from the three to the five. Um, but, you know, playing in that Orlando system, playing without a point guard for two years, it's kind of been interesting to see him develop um, and really be overshadowed by a lot of these other guys taken in the top 10 last year. So it'll be interesting to see them match up, and it's always interesting to watch Aaron Gordon and Mo, you know, Sheck West reference. So uh, it'll it'll be a fun one to watch, and I think we'll be playing Mo Bamba on loop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Just like Ben's Christmas break. Yeah, that's uh, a, a wonderful tune. On to uh, Phoenix. This game is... Uh, at Talking Sick Casino Resort Arena, yada, yada, yada. Um, if you're in the Valley of the Sun, you know, Phoenix area, there's like 2,000 tickets left. It's six bucks. So before your team leaves, go out and see uh, the Kings beat you down again. Before they go to Vegas with every other team. Um, so the uh, preview we have uh, set up is uh, Willie versus Aiden. So the caveat here is if... Uh, Marvin Bagley is not playing. He is now listed as day-to-day with the knee. Um, if Marvin Bagley III is not playing, let's see if Willie Cauley-Stein can uh, take DeAndre Ayton behind the woodshed and smack him around a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if we could slow him down. I mean, last time we played, it, it's kind of hard to tell if he would actually have had, had a big game if they weren't blown out in the first quarter like they were. Yeah, the the first game was just points off turnovers. But Willie yeah. was a very huge contributor to those turnovers. So it'll be interesting to see if Aiton, if he can play to the level that he played last time. Um, 
we'll 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 see. I, I don't think I think Aiton is a good fit for that team as just a guy who can play a little bit of defense and is a good roller, a good role man. Um, but he's really very one dimensional both on offense and defense. So really not a lot from him there. Yeah, I think I mean obviously he's putting up some uh, some pretty solid statistics in the month of December. Yeah, but there was and as a rookie overall. Yeah, there was a stretch where he was you know averaging, I believe it was twenty two points and thirteen boards over yeah. like a six game stretch. It's like Dwight Howard numbers. So, but I don't see that happening against the Kings because he might put up more rebounds. Well, that's true. Maybe probably won't score. Exactly. That's that's uh, a good a good little take right there. The Suns are nine and thirty one. Um, so yeah, nothing to worry about there. And on to the Motor City. Actually, this game is at Golden One Center as well. Um, but we are playing the Detroit Pistons with former Toronto head coach Dwayne Casey. Yep. Um, they are seventeen. Currently, they are seventeen and twenty, um, which I think gets them in at seventh in the East. I think so. Pretty, if not at seventh, right around playoff yeah, position. So that's garbage. Um, they're they're a really interesting team. They started off very hot. Um, the turn of the, the the new year in October, they were one of the best, probably five teams in the league for the first two weeks, and they've really regressed to the norm since then. Under five hundred, you know, it's tough to build around a team where Blake Griffin is your highest paid player and Andre Drummond is your second highest paid player because you really can't play them at the same time. And you can't play both of them during crunch time minutes. So it's a tough one to space their minutes and, you know, utilize them to their max potential when you can't play them in the modern NBA. Um, yeah, a really good breakdown there. That is kind of what we were thinking for the preview of this game. In, um, in uh, layman's terms, this would be contain Blake, team rebound. Um, that's the recipe for success against Detroit. Uh, for any team, and I think especially you know the King a Kings team that can get out and transition with a team rebound, um, I see us having no problem with this Detroit team if we can crash the boards. Yeah, and I think De'Aaron Fox is a lot better of a point guard than anything that they have to offer, which should lead to some advantages both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I but I got a message for De'Aaron. Enough of the uh, crunch time turnovers. Yeah, I'm a little sick and tired of that. Not happy with that. Um, on to uh, Charlotte. This is uh, this is a fun one. Charlotte is eighteen and twenty. Um, you know they're coming in at I believe sixth in the Eastern Conference. Now we got young Jamie over here checking my uh, bull. Eighth. They're eighth. All right. Whatever. Damn. Look at the East. Still under 500, though. So, yeah. you know, seventh is under 500, too. So, either way. Um, Charlotte, 18 and 20. That's good for eighth. That's dumb. Uh, we got the Cardiac Kings versus Cardiac Kemba. Now, Kemba Walker, one of my favorite players in all of the association. So, I'm looking to see uh, De'Aaron Fox keep up with him, you know, from a. Uh, uh, Efficiency standpoint, mm-hmm. I think Kemba could. I mean, he could go for thirty any night. I don't think De'Aaron Fox is necessarily going to stay up with them. 
Um, you he know, just probably won't take as many shots. Correct. He's but I want you know if De'Aaron Fox can contribute as many points as Kemba does, as Kemba scores, mm-hmm. I think that's a great recipe for success to beat Charlotte. Yeah. So if you are you still tuning in to our you know babbling, um, Orlando, Phoenix, Detroit, and Charlotte, I'm gonna say we are gonna go three and one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say we're going to beat Orlando, Phoenix, and Charlotte. And we're going to drop a, a real heartbreaker to Detroit. That's my uh, prediction for this next Yeah, week. I'm, I'm with you with 3-1. and one. I'm going to flip it. I think we'll beat Detroit, but lose to Charlotte. You know, both of those teams, I think, have that veteran savvy that it takes to close out games. That is what we're missing at this point. So look for them both to be close and look for them to really come down to the last... Two, three minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's that's next week. Let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. What city, what song? All right, first up, uh, first entry for Orlando. Um, a bubblegum pop group near and dear to my heart. I'm picking NSYNC and the song. I mean, there's too many. Uh, I could pick the whole discography, but that's not what you tune in for. So I'm picking Here We Go by NSYNC. This is, uh, I don't know why I'm picking this one other than the fact, nothing to do with the Kings, but that it's uh, featured in Undercover Brother when uh, he's uh, getting uh, the uh, Caucasian vision. And there's that scene where it's just three white dudes passing the basketball back and forth. And it just reminded me of... Bogdan. Uh, yeah. Belly. And, and, and Kufus. Yeah, no, I was just going to say... It reminded me of uh, all. All we need was a little Kufus half hook in that video, and uh, it really is Caucasian overload. All right, Orlando, go ahead. So you went with NSYNC. I went with the Rivals from across, I don't, across town. <laughs> yeah, across Disneyland, uh, the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. You know, everybody knows this one. It's the biggest hit. Could have gone with Backstreet's back, but uh, you know. I want it that way is kind of how I feel about this team. Scores is back. All right. But I, I'd rather have it with us winning. That's the way I want it. That's, that's a pretty solid one. All right. So, um, Phoenix. Uh, Could have gone with the Arizona State Marching Band, Pride of the Southwest. But uh, I, you know, elected to come up with something a little better. So, I'm picking the Pride of Sedona, Arizona, Michelle Branch. And I'm picking the song everywhere because um, when I close my eyes, it's bogey I see. Um, <laughs> the kings so, are everywhere to me. Yeah, so that's mine. Uh, for me, I chose Stop Dragging My Heart Around by Stevie Nicks. Because mm. that's how I felt in the last about week watching this Kings team. Yeah, that's a good anthem for the Cardiac Kings. One of many. Um, okay, Detroit. I think, like I was, you know, I said... For, uh, I think it was Houston. There's so many great artists I can... No, it was uh, Memphis. Memphis. There's so many great artists I can pick from. So, I'm going to pick Uncle Cracker. Um, Follow Me. This is actually a cover from, you know, a song of the 70s. From an artist I don't remember. Kind of weird song. It's about cheating. But, you know. But I think... Nothing wrong with that. But, you know. What, what, what they don't know don't hurt them. Uh, Follow Me. I think this is uh, this is a little a little nod at De'Aaron Fox. Follow me. 
into the postseason. This just in. Bohemian Rhapsody beats A Star is Born for the Glo- Golden Globe. Does this mean turmoil at the Oscars? Find out next time. Anyway, back to Detroit. My song for the city and the song was a Big Sean classic. I Don't Mess With You featuring E-40. That's the radio edit. Yeah, I Don't Mess With You. Uh, because E-40 name dropped Sacramento late night Arsenio. So, can't can't look past that. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. Alright, Charlotte. Um, you know, a lot of country artists around the uh, Carolinas. But, so is Fred Durst. So I went with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> um, I picked break stuff. Because, with the King's front office, and it's all about the he said, she said. Um, and sometimes the Cardiac Kings make me want to break stuff. So, I think that was perfect. Yeah, for uh, for my choice, I went with Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Because if you follow Harry Giles on Instagram, he's living that lifestyle of the rich and the famous. By everybody's favorite, Good Charlotte. Don't actually know if they're from Charlotte. They're not. But they <laughs> name drop it, so that's all that matters. Perfect. Yeah, and The Secret Lies of Charlotte. That's a nice National Treasure reference. Alright. Um, so, yeah. Until next week. Where we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you guys. And now, since we are approaching that 41st game played, this means that we have reached the midpoint in the season. Um, After we play Phoenix on Wednesday, we will have officially reached that point. And so we think it's a good time to look back, reflect on how the team's done, and kind of set some benchmarks going forward. Um... You know, I've looked at this. Everybody's always talked about this. One of the strongest points in the Kings game this so far this season has been the pace we've been playing at. The second fastest in the league. A big change from last year's second to last in the league. Um, you know, it's it's a good spot that we've really improved on. And I think it's set us up for success, especially with the way that this team's built, with a lot of super athletic Super fast, a modern build to these guys. Super team just young. Exactly, yeah. I think um, that's something that we should commend Dave for for setting a focus at the beginning of the year and really accomplishing his goal up to this point. Um, Definitely something to track in the second half, but I think nothing's changed so far. I think that's it's not going to change from here on out. And secondly, another interesting stat for the Kings this year has been our effective field goal percentage. If you don't know what that is, it basically weights a free throw, a three-point, and a normal shot evenly so that each one is weighted heavier for the more points you get. Um, We are currently rated eighth in the league, which from last year is a jump of 19 spots when last year we were third to last. So I think that's another spot we've really improved. Um, coming off the likes of Buddy Heald's flamethrower performances and De'Aaron Fox tightening up his game, I think this is another spot where there is room for improvement, but we, we've we shown that we can hang with a lot of teams now because of improvements we've already made. So another spot, another big positive. Finally, my big negative, I think, is our assist percentage on the first half. Basically, how many of our shots and in assists. Um, we are currently 19th in the league 
at a shade under 60%, 58.5% for you wanting an exact figure. I think this should be closer to 60-65%. We're not a team that's really built on iso ball. At all. Like, the only times it ever happens is when the ball gets into the post, and it's really frustrating to watch. So, hopefully we can do away with some of those and start focusing on ball movement and getting easy looks either at the basket or at the three-point line or at the free-throw line. Those are the places that we excel, and I think that is reflected in this assist percentage kind of lacking. Let's, so let's let's focus on that going forward. All right, here comes negative Nancy. Um, I'm f- focusing my three points. Um, we're going to start it off with rebounding. This is kind of a uh, next-gen stat because um, we give up the second most offensive rebounds. We're worse in the league in giving up defensive rebounds, and all that adds up to... Total rebounds, we're the worst team in the league. We give up almost 50 uh, rebounds a game, which, you know, that can't happen. That's an 11.7% jump from last year. So that's terrible. Um, get your ass in the paint and grab the ball. Uh, hopefully, this will, uh, you know, increase a little bit on, on, on our end when uh, we get Marvin Bagley back. He's always getting his ass in the paint and grabbing the ball. So that's the one thing I like out of his game. Um, my second point is the good old free throw line. Um, something that with the shooters we got on our team should be at a way higher clip. Um, free throw percentage. We're at 71% as a team. That is, you know, it's a minuscule downgrade from last year at, you know, 2%. But what this year that gets us... Uh, all the way good enough for 27th in the league out of only 30 teams, obviously. So when we, you know, when we get to the line, we got to make the free throws, especially when we're in so many close games. Um, it, it, you know, it always seems to cost us. We haven't been recording that stat uh, as you know diligently as we should, but um, I think that's one thing in the second half of the season that it's in, in the sorry in the first half of the season it's improved a little bit. But there's no reason why, you know, we can't be shooting 77% um, as a team. Which is uh, what, basically, uh, opponents against your Sacramento Kings shoot night in and night out. Right at around 65 and a half, uh, or sorry, 76, dyslexic, <laughs> 76 and a half, 77%. And finally, three-point shooting. So, there's the good news and the bad news. And I'll give you the good news first. Um, we're second... A league rank is second in three-point shooting percentage at 39%. But, the three-pointers attempted is only good for 17th in the league. So, I think, you know, two and two don't make five here. If the three-point shooting percentage is that high, jack up some more threes. Why not? Pull up from deep. I mean, it seems to work for the Warriors, and screw them. So, um, three-point percentage, sorry, three-pointers attempted, 17th in the league. I would like to see that crack the top 10. That's going to be tough to do. That's going to be jacking up a lot of threes in the second half of the year. But, you know, if we can move up a couple spots. Yeah, if we're above at least 15 yeah, in the top half. And still, you know, be shooting above 35%, um, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the you know three point lines there. Why not use it? Seems to work for the Rockets, except for the last two games of the Western Conference Final. But uh, who knows? Uh, so overall, I think any Kings fan will agree this first half has been the most fun since about two thousand and five, and it's been one of the most exciting teams to watch ever in Kings history. But we want more. And it's not even the fact that we're being greedy. I just think we have the players, we have the talent to successfully close out games, win ball games, and make the playoffs and be a force for years to come. Um, so that's a little breakdown of the first half. Hopefully the uh, all six of those points will be addressed in the second half of the season. Now let's uh, move on to league news. If you haven't heard, Tom Thibodeau, a.k.a. Doug Dividome, has been fired by the Minnesota Timberwolves after leading the Timberwolves to a victory in the game the same day. Um, an interesting firing. Early reports are saying that uh, they're looking at Fred Hoiberg to replace him as GM. So Yeah, he was also relieved of his front office duties. Yeah, one of the last coaches, aside from... Doc Rivers that has ever been GM and coach at the same time. Yeah, he definitely Jackie Mooned that thing. Yeah, and even in Doc Rivers scenario, they have the great Jerry West as a consultant who is really just the GM. Just so for those of you who uh, aren't in the room, there was air quotes around consultant. Yeah, he is just the the GM basically. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if one Thibodeau does get hired. To another uh, head coach role anytime soon. I could see him spending a year, maybe two, in the, the the depths of a coaching staff as an assistant, as the head of the defense. You know, working on what he does best without some of his flaws, like signing Andrew Wiggins to long term contracts. Um, yeah. So uh, Tibbs was uh, two to one odds to be. Uh, Fired, that's the second best odds in the league this going into the year. Um, up first was uh, good old Luke Walton, who has probably cemented his spot at least through the end of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's no way uh, LeBron comes back and he's uh, axes Luke, you know. As unless the, unless LeBron gets viral meningitis. Yeah, as the de facto, you know, as uh, Magic's right-hand man at the GM spot. I think we were talking about this. They had Dave Yeager at 12 to 1 odds. We're not firing him anytime soon. But just above good old GQ Dave at 10 to 1 odds to be fired. Scotty Brooks. I think he's next to go. I think he's a good coach, but they're blowing that thing up. You know, uh, another one right right around him was Terry Stotts yeah. up in uh, Portland. Down in Portland from here. Down in Portland from here. Um, you know, Portland's always up to me. But anyway... Terry Stotts, he's not a bad coach. He's struggled when it comes to playoffs, as as everyone saw last year when they got swept by the Pelicans. And if something like that happens again, I think there will be either major remodeling to that lineup by either trading away Dame Dalla or C.J. McCollum, or you're going to see Terry Stotts lose his job, which is a lot easier of a solution for that front office because of the contracts that Dame, Dame Lillard and... C.J. McCollum currently take on, along with some other guys like Evan Turner, who's on one of the worst contracts in the league. So, 
it'll be interesting to see what other coaches may get axed here. But before the season's over, I don't see that many really getting fired unless these teams do something really egregious. Um, yeah, in, in uh, another piece of uh, you know league-wide news for all the fans up here, um, Toronto becomes the first team this year to win 30 games. Uh, their record's now 30-12, and 12, and there is no way in hell they're winning a championship this year. Ever. H- heard it here first. Um, you know, and every other news media outlet. So, that's basically it for league-wide news. Um, and it's been pretty quiet in King's Country recently. Uh, there's not been a whole lot of chatter coming out of that front office. Yeah, the one thing is Shumpert is day-to-day with a finger injury. Um, doesn't look to be too too serious. Bagley should be reevaluated any day now. Yeah, he, he was painless as of last week. He was available to play Saturday, but they didn't put him active. I think he'll make his return either tonight or probably not Wednesday on the road, maybe Friday. Um, so look out for Bagley to return to the lineup, even in limited minutes sometime soon. And now it's time for King Spiracy Corner. Uh, this week we take on the topic of LeBron's injury to his hip or groin or whatever. Uh, as you may know, he's missed about two weeks now with a groin injury or a hip injury that he was that sustained right before they played in Sacramento, which led to Bogey's buzzer beater. Um, this was the uh, NBA on Christmas Day injury. Oh yeah, they played the Warriors. They beat the Warriors bad. Thanks to a stellar performance from former King Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I my conspiracy is LeBron isn't actually hurt. He's taking these two weeks, maybe even next week, to fly back to South Beach, party a bit with his boy, uh, Dwayne Wade, and get some more of that therapy. You know, maybe it's hair loss therapy. Maybe it's some of that muscle regen therapy. Basically, it's roids. That's what it is. <laughs> He's getting the juice back in South Beach. Yeah. So that's it for this week's King Spiracy Corner. Uh, if you have a conspiracy you'd like us to compliment or criticize, email us at Sat Kings in the North. Actually, sorry, just Kings in the North Pod at gmail.com. And as for Dirty Dan's hot take of the week, he is currently. Coming back from Thailand, still adjusting with Jet and the lag. So, uh, a nice holiday break with all the lady boys out there. Yeah, classic Dan. Uh, so, for this week, we, we asked him a non-basketball question. Dan, who do you think is going to win tomorrow's college football championship? Talking about Sunday footy with the lads. Basically. Roll Tide, mate. Well, that is it. If you're putting money, don't follow Dan's advice. And uh, we'll see you next time. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.